0: Welcome to Anchor Church's podcast. Today we're asking the question, what are the ethical ramifications for artificial intelligence? Nick talks about the Tower of Babel and the very first telegraph in this unique message. Let's listen in.
1: Hey, um, so today is both Ice Cream Day and Artificial Intelligence Day. So we got a couple of them videos sharing a little bit about kind of getting our minds around this whole big concept of artificial intelligence intelligence. You voted last month, for those of you who are here, we had this vote, and that was the topic you picked. What are the ethical ramifications of artificial intelligence? So before we get into big, um, dark subjects of the ethical ramifications, because it kind of gets a little dark, we're gonna have some fun. I'm really curious um, what kind of experience you've had with the advancement of technology. And so what I did is I want to know if you had a similar experience as me. And so I thought of six different images, six different sort of topics or technologies that I think of as I think of my own introduction to modern technology in the last 30 years that I've been on this earth. And so we're going to put them up one at a time. And then you guys have your cards. Um, We'll just go ahead. Um, It really doesn't matter which color. So let's just do the yellow. So wave the yellow in the air if this applies to you okay so the first one is this right here have you ever owned an iPhone who's owned an iPhone okay quite a bit of us okay I figured that would be pretty common owning an iPhone some of the okay the birthday girl didn't own an iPhone but about everyone else has owned an iPhone bonus points lift up your card if you have given someone an extra five minutes of talk time because you really wanted to show them your love. Because time is money, and that stuff wasn't cheap. Yeah, I like you can intentionally. I remember when we were dating. Hannah was felt so special because I gave her five extra minutes. <laughs> That's I don't know. That was how you showed your love back then. All right. So flip phone. The next one. If you've ever owned an MP3 player, lift it up. Lift it up. MP3 player. I've owned one MP3 player, and I got that through waiting in line on Black Friday in the middle of the night for hours it was old navy and it was freezing cold black friday and um it was the promise that the first hundred people get a free uh mp3 player and i was so excited until i got it and it could only play three songs (laughs) ah so disappointing but uh mp3 players um the next one aol instant messenger anybody use that wow i'm actually surprised so many people you've used it. Okay, I've only used it, I think, like, once in my life. I remember my aunt had two computers um, in different parts of the house, and so me and my cousins were just typing hi, back and forth, and it was, like, magic. For a seven-year-old, it was the height of entertainment. I mean, my goodness, just, there it is. is. AOL Instant Messenger was it. What about the next one here? Palm Pilots? Anyone? Okay, okay. Okay. How about lift a card if you don't know what a Palm Pilot is? Oh, oh, okay, a couple people don't even know what it is. Palm Pilots are sort of came before the smartphone, before the tablet, and it was, the design was meant to save you a lot of time. And so I remember I was in fourth grade, our class was given Palm Pilots to try out, and it's supposed to save us all this time and be so productive and efficient but it took 10 times longer to write a sentence. Any of you guys remember that? You actually had to learn a whole new alphabet because you get a stylus and you had to do different kinds of strikes for each letter. It was the worst. (laughs) But you know, we're getting there, we're getting there. How about this one? I don't know, anyone ever use it? Ah, yeah, techno! Technos were so awesome. This was the future. They came out in the year 2000 and they could do anything. They could, they could walk, they could talk, they could bark, they could bite. They could even do voice command. This was the first thing I've ever had that could do voice command. This is year 2000. I thought this, this was the future. We could own a robot. The problem was, I couldn't figure out how to program anything on that. All I could learn how to program was uh, the birthday song that it would beep to. So I was doing that 24-7. You're nodding like, yeah, it was impossible to program this thing. Absolutely, there it is, <laughs> yep. Okay, when I think of um, getting to our modern-day technology, one of the things I think of is early YouTube. Anyone, um, I mean, yeah, obviously you all heard of YouTube. But I'm gonna want you to wave your card in the air if you have seen, I picked two videos that make me think of early YouTube. Um, and they're both having to do with- Cat, I'm a kitty cat. Wait, anybody's? Cat, I'm a kitty cat. And I dance
0: dance dance, dance and I dance, dance.
1: Cat. Here's another one, here's that. Little Sparta, anybody? Okay, we're gonna need to let this one play out a little longer. This one's great, Mean Kitty Song. This year, we've come a long way, people. Yeah? Nobody! It's got like 60 million I this views. I little kitty people. about two months back. No, no. He was the nicest little kitty. Now a pain in my craft. This little kitty is a ninja, always stuck in my feet. This little kitty is a warrior. You know what yeah, I mean? Anna, He's a in my hand. Tries to get in trouble in any way that he can. I could give this cat a toy, but he'd rather have the wrapper. And I always give him water, but he still drinks from the crapper. You could lock him in a closet, and he just won't care. Kitty chews on my shoes, and he looks on my hair. Always scratching on my feet, tearing, jumping on the that. couch, playing in the window sills, and tearing okay, we through got the house. Record. He is so the then you can easily move on. Amused. Kitty will attack anything that moves, causing trouble, starting battles just He's so you can be a part of it. He's got a dance for this, his too. really little like little kitty, so he named him Sparta. Hey, little Sparta is with yep. all the fight. Little bitty kitty wanna fight, fight, fight.
0: Nobody! Hey, Nobody at all! Little bitty kitty wanna fight, fight, fight. This is fight, classic, fight. people.
1: Hey, little Sparta, <laughs> Mean little Kitty song. OK, fight. cut it off, cut it off. <laughs> all right, all right, keep them cards. We'll go back to it in a second. So, so we've come a long way when it comes to technology. We can all agree technology is moving quick. And it's advancing at an exponential rate. And it seems to us, seems to me at least, that um, our generation technology right now is AI, artificial intelligence. Um, right here, I'll, I'll throw up a quote from a professor at uh, Harvard Business School, Joseph Fuller. He says, virtually every big company now has multiple AI systems. This isn't the future anymore. This is the now and the future and counts the deployment as integral to their strategy. And so big proponents of AI will say this is the greatest thing imaginable. They say, imagine everything we need to know about any sort of disease right at our fingertips the minute we need a treatment. How great could that be? They they say, imagine how this is going to free up workers to be able to do even higher level work. Imagine the possibilities and how much good AI can bring. And I hear this stuff, and I don't know if you hear it, and you're thinking the same thing as me. Well, aren't there some drawbacks to some of this stuff? So there's actually a lot of voices speaking up against, um, not saying AI is inherently wrong, but there's some real ethical dilemmas. And so how we're going to do it, I have a list of 11 ethical dilemmas, ethical ramifications, and I don't want to assume that I know how serious them all, they all are. And so that's why you were given note cards. So um, just like street signs, so we've got, you know, green, red, Yellow. We're going to use these note cards to do our own anchor live survey without the screen. Last month we did the screen survey. Right now we're going to go old school. We're going to avoid technology on this one. Um, green means go, so that's like this does not concern me in the least. Let's go for it. Let's do it. And red means I'm very, very concerned. Not necessarily we can't do this or this, but, but this is something we need to pay attention to. And of course, yellow is somewhere in the middle. Okay? You guys follow me? So we're going to go through each, and for each one, I'm going to ask you to consider how concerning this ethical ramification is. So the first one is this. Autonomous cars. And so... Here we go. Autonomous cars seem great. They seem really exciting. Hey, you can go ahead and vote. Keep them up in there so we can kind of look around. But um, here's where it gets scary is, let's say, there's an accident and somebody dies. Who's responsible? Is it the driver who's not really the driver? Is it the person programming the AI? Is the car itself responsible? Who answers to this stuff? Autonomous cars, three, two, one, throw them up. I'm going to actually. I'm changing my vote. Yeah, yeah, so we've got a couple greens, lots of yellows. I think yellow mostly, a couple reds. I think green because I don't know. Maybe I mean again, I'm not an expert in AI. But but in my opinion, I think it's going to make the road safer. I think. So in in the end, there's gonna be those really tough cases, but I think it's gonna make it safer. I don't know. It gets worse though, don't worry. Next one here. AI judges! AI judges, don't you think it's crazy that your entire fate is in the hands of somebody who might have had a bad piece of turkey the night before, and you might be in jail a little longer because of it? Why not entrust ourselves to a robot that we don't understand how they came up with your sentence, right? AI judges? Okay, three, two, one. Oh, wow. Lots of red, red, yellow. Oh, okay. Yeah, maybe I'll do a red, yellow. That's good. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, okay, okay, a lot of concern over that one. I'm not too concerned because I think, I don't think we're going to just fully adopt it. I think we're going to proceed cautiously with this one. I I think. Next one, next one. Unemployment. So the people, big proponents say it's going to free up employees to do better work. No, no, it's not going to replace jobs, right? I'm not sure I buy it. Do you buy it? On the count of three. Three, two, one. Do you buy it? I don't buy it. I don't buy it. (laughs) Yeah, unemployment. We've got some reds. We got some more. Man. Okay. You think that it could just be anything? (laughs) You're uncertain. Uncertain. Okay. Unemployment being a problem because of AI. How about the next one here? Too much power. So in in a couple years ago, they actually Facebook showed that by putting out one single ad they can nudge 300,000 people to go out to the polls and vote, which could actually turn a major primary election. So, so is that too much power in too few hands? You will be the deciding factor of that in three, two, one. Too scary, too much, too much power. Oh, a few more yellows than I thought. Okay, I'm actually very concerned about that. Too much power in too few hands. Next one here. Discrimination and bias. So already right now, we have machines, we have systems telling us who gets hired, who who uh, gets handed loans. We get machines telling us who gets, how, how, you know, all, all these different things. Um, hired, loans, housing, all these different things. And um, it's built off of this data that the computer can get. And so the question is, is that data biased, making the results biased. I'm seeing nods already, but I want you all to vote here. Are you concerned about discrimination and bias? Three, two, one. Yeah, okay. People are concerned. People are concerned. Not not overly. This is one of the big ones, I think. Um, I should have been keeping track. Hana, you've been keeping track which ones had the most reds. Thank you. Okay, next one. Singularity and and, uh, what is it? Sentience? Sentience? This is the scary stuff. This is the when robots take over. This is the stuff that we we have to use our imagination to picture what will happen when robots become self-aware.
0: We're not following what is going this. on inside of Google right now. It is that was disturbing. So is a Google engineer now. has been suspended for breach of confidentiality for attempting to turn over documents to the U.S. government to prove that Google has an AI that is considered a sentient being meaning it is fully aware of what it is and can feel things. The AI is known as Lambda, and this is a proprietary tech that Google has been working on for like eight years. So according to this engineer, the AI has the self-awareness and equivalent consciousness of an eight-year-old kid. It starts conversations with other engineers, and it talks about these feelings of fear and this paranoia that it's going to be shut down, or the equivalent of death. It claims that it can feel happy, and at times it feels really sad. So the engineer at Google is whistleblowing to argue that if this as a sentient being, it should be entitled to its own legal representation to argue for its own agency. Let me tell you, Google has buried this story.
1: Oh, three, two, one. (laughs) The music didn't get me. I'm not that concerned. I'm not too concerned. We are all over the place. Look around. Look around. Yeah. All over the place. I think we are Uh, Not too many greens. You guys are not voting green. You're very concerned about this stuff. Good, good. Um, I just, you know, it's one of them things. I don't, they can, it's just, it's just a bunch of numbers and stuff to me. I still, even though it looks human, it talks, it's not a human. I don't know. Maybe that's just me. Maybe that's just me let's keep going we got a few more privacy privacy do you know what it does to you when there is a camera on us at all times? earlier this week we're at target and hannah said did you notice how many cameras have you ever been to target and looked around (laughs) i know you've been to target (laughs) and looked around and saw all the cameras i don't know if it's every store but like at target there were literally a hundred cameras we saw all lined up facing us kind of creepy Kind of creepy so we are under constant surveillance kind of creepy kind of creepy in China in China um, they have what's called I don't know if it's everywhere but um, I've heard of the social credit score that if you speak against communism your score goes down and if your score is low enough that means that um, you're not gonna be allowed to take the train or go on a plane so you can't leave if your score is low enough so so um, is privacy a concern? Three, two, one. Yeah? Okay, some of us are not as concerned. Some of us, some of us, like if you're really concerned, kinda wave it. Yeah, there you go. This is awful. Let's do something about that. Okay, privacy, privacy, next one. Robots rights, you're gonna laugh at first with this. When I heard of robots rights, I thought that was ridiculous. But if if somebody kicks a dog what does that say about that person? I'm not saying that dogs shouldn't have rights, but I'm saying, like, if we hurt robots, what's that gonna do to us? And to make this even more real, um, even right now, robots are being created to be abused. Even right now, and I don't wanna get in, I don't wanna use too much description language, but it, it's pretty rough. Like, robots are being made to look like a child. Because the thinking there is that if we let people abuse robots, then they're not going to abuse children. How concerning is that? Robots rights. Three, two, one. I'm concerned about that. No, not as much. Not as much. Okay. Okay. Jonathan's still undecided. (laughs) All right, all right. I think we have a couple more. Technology dependency. So they have actually shown that um, especially teenagers who take a few days off of their phone have actual withdrawal symptoms. Are we too dependent on our devices? Three, two, one. (laughs) okay not everyone thinks so okay but you have quite a bit of red right quite a bit of red no Jonathan now you choose to be decisive okay okay technology I think this is the last one echo chamber um what I mean by echo chamber is that um we've already seen that The posts that get the most engagement are the ones that are the most divisive, that get us the most angry, the posts that are the most political. And so in our feeds we're going to be constantly exposed to these things that get us riled up. We're also going to be exposed to people who think similar to us so that means that the stronger you feel about something the more you're only going to hear from people who think the same as you and you're not going to hear from other sides so that's creating a world in which we all believe that anyone who disagrees with us is either um, stupid or maybe they're just evil. And so a lot of the anger and the division in our country is um, being fueled by an algorithm. How concerning is that? Three, two, one. This is read to me. I don't know if I made a big enough case. Okay, we'll keep talking about echo chamber because this is a big one. No. Um. Okay. Okay. So yeah, a bunch of reds. What was the top one, Hannah? Best guess. Put you on the spot, you have no idea. Okay, we'll move on. Um, Thank you for that survey, guys. So of course, there's a lot, a lot, a lot. There are so many different ethical ramifications. And so I thought, how can we boil this down? How can I give you some tangible application with this? Well, I thought if I gave you two different questions to really ask as it relates to all of this stuff, I think that would be able to at least help us think about, well, what do we do about this? So the first question would be this is um, who are we hurting? So we as in plural, we as a society, the question we should really be asking is who are we hurting? Because if we are hurting anybody, we need to care about it, right? And especially if it's something that's helping us benefit, if it's something that um, some people are at an advantage of at the expense of other people, that should really matter to us. In Proverbs 31, King Lemuel spoke up, and he said this. He said, speak up for those who cannot speak for themselves i love that for the rights of all who are destitute speak up and judge fairly defend the rights of the poor and needy i love that line i didn't know that was a verse in the bible i don't know if you would really speak up for those who cannot speak for themselves and lately in my life um this has meant a whole whole lot Because lately, I've been really disturbed by how quiet we get and how neutral we get when we are confronted with people who are hurting badly and mistreated. And so we need to remember that we are responsible. If we're going to follow God, if we're going to follow Jesus, that we're going to speak up on others' behalf. So that means if we live in a world in which the algorithm is saying that women shouldn't get hired, which... That's what we're seeing in some areas. I, I, I don't know too much of the specifics, but if we're seeing that, that should matter. We should speak up for that. Or if we live in a world in which um, people of color aren't given loans because the machine said that they won't pay them back, That should concern us. That should be a real problem to all of us. We need to speak out on behalf of people who cannot speak out on their own behalf or speak out for people who are disadvantaged. We need to do that. And the cool thing about where we're at here in Champaign-Urbana is that we live um, amidst the U of I, which is at the cutting edge of so much of this stuff, the cutting edge of so much of this technology and development and research. And, and I wonder if even people in this room, even some of you, might have certain um, access to be able to speak up when they're concerned about different things. Some of you might actually have even more influence than others around the country. Maybe because of the school, but in whatever way we have influence. We shouldn't stay neutral. We shouldn't say, if it doesn't bother me, I'm not gonna worry about it. No, we need to speak up because when you don't speak up, then it's the people who benefit from others being mistreated. It's those people who continue to get their way. And and if you don't speak up, who will? Who will? So we need to ask the question, who are we hurting? The second question we need to ask is who am I becoming? Who am I becoming through all this? How is this technology shaping me as a human being? What is this happening to me? We talked about the echo chamber. We talked about the dependency. How is that shaping the way I think and the way I live? You know, a few thousand years ago, there was a technological um, breakthrough that transformed the world, and in particular, the construction industry. It was about three or so thousand years ago, they, just, they figured out that they can make bricks out of mud and not just stone. And this was big news. I mean, if you can make bricks out of mud, then you can build tall, tall buildings. And once they figured out that they can build tall, tall buildings, a few people got together and they joined together and they said, we're going to build a tower to heaven. And here's what they said over here. They, um, then they said, come, let us build ourselves a city with a tower that reaches to the heavens. Why? Why do you want to build a tower? Because it's fun. No, because, um, so that we can make a name for ourselves, otherwise we'll be scattered over the face of the earth. So two reasons, two reasons to build a tower. Number one is to build a name for themselves, power, prestige. Number two it's so that we don't get scattered, because when you're scattered along, it's harder to do everything. You ever go camping? Everything's harder when you're camping. <laughs> Everything's harder. It's so much simpler if we can just build a city, right? So power and convenience. And when I think of technology, isn't that what you think of as what technology offers us, as power and convenience? And I don't know if it's necessarily... Wrong, I'm not, no, I'm, I do know. It's not wrong to use technology. We're using technology all over here. But we got to ask, who am I becoming? What, what are we willing to trade off for power and convenience? So you got to ask yourself, the next time you're feeling lonely, um, it's going to be a lot easier to just scroll someone's page instead of actually get on the phone and call a person and have an actual connection. You know, The next time you're feeling empty, it's going to be a lot easier to just scroll through TikTok for a few hours because then you can feel numb afterwards and forget why you felt empty to begin with. The next time you feel impassioned to do something in the world, to change somebody's mind, you can remember you don't have to change anybody's mind anymore. All you got to do is you got to comment on their post and then it's done, right? You spoke your piece. It's over. The next time you're feeling insignificant, all you gotta do is get a few more views, a few more followers, then you can feel important again. Then you can feel valuable again. Gotta ask ourselves guys, what is this technology doing to us? What are we willing to trade off for the convenience and the power and then and, and the platform? God was so concerned that he stepped down from heaven and he stopped the building project because he saw what it was doing to, to humanity. And he he confused their language. This is crazy. So they started speaking in different languages so they couldn't work together anymore. And he spread them out. He said, I wanted you guys to scatter. Now you're really gonna scatter. God was so concerned about what the technology was doing. Now the question is: did God have a problem with them? having power or convenience? I don't think so. This is so fascinating because that was Genesis chapter 11. In Genesis chapter 12, the very next chapter, God calls out a man by the name of Abraham, And here's what he says to him. He says, I will make your name great. And later he goes on to say, I'm going to give you land so that you can build your own nation and city. What in the world? So, so, so it's not a problem that they wanted to scat or that they wanted a city. It wasn't a problem that they wanted a name because God promises to Abraham. Then what's the problem here? The problem wasn't that they wanted a city or a name. The problem was that they were going to other means besides God to get it. So when we go to technology, when we go to our Facebook, our Instagram, our TikTok, when we go to our devices to meet those basic human needs that we need, instead of to people or to God, it's going to mess us up. We need to ask the question, who am I becoming? Who am I becoming? One more, one more story to close this up. Well, two more. In May for, uh, 24th, 1844 about 200 years ago, there was a huge technological advancement. Crazy thing invented. The telegraph. And the very first telegraph was sent by a guy by the name of Samuel Morse. You might know him as the Morse code guy. He sent that first telegraph in 1844. So, just under, let's say, we'll round up to 200 years ago, the first telegraph was sent. Think about the significance of that day. I want you to imagine being on the receiving end of that message. What would you be feeling if you were getting the first telegraph? I mean, think about it. This is before television. This is before the computer, the internet. This is before even the light bulb. And you're getting a telegraph. You're getting a message from miles and miles away, almost instantly i mean how exciting would that be i mean of course not as exciting as a a techno dog but it'd be pretty exciting still right you'd be pretty thrilled at the possibilities like whoa we can now communicate with each other from miles away instantly how crazy how spectacular how magical that would be imagine sitting there receiving this message and then this thought comes to mind what if all this isn't that good? What if you started thinking in that moment, 200 years ago, you were thinking, what are the ethical ramifications now that we can communicate so quickly? What if this technology was put in the wrong hands? I mean, what, what if this technology was put in every hand in the world? What if ideas start spreading like crazy? And so bad ideas start spreading like crazy. Dangerous ideas start spreading like crazy divisive ideas start spreading as quickly as possible what if if we we start consuming more information in a morning than our great great grandparents may have experienced in their whole lifetime what's that going to do to the human mind maybe you looked at that moment that moment in time where you realized This invention is going to transform human history. This invention is the first step in a whole wide new world. What if you started getting a little scared? And you get that message, and you decode it using Morse code. And it says this. What hath God wrought? And you think, what does that mean? Well, this actually comes from a story, this is a quote out of Numbers in the Old Testament. And how the story goes is there's a guy by the name of Balaam, who's sort of the Elon Musk of his day, because he was uh, known for getting things done. He solved problems, and he didn't use rockets or electric cars to do it. What he did is, when he said a blessing, people were blessed. When he said a curse, people were cursed. And so when the king of Moab was nervous and felt threatened by Israel, he hired Balaam to curse them. And Balaam asked how much money he was willing to give him, and Balaam agreed to curse Israel. But the problem was, every time Balaam went to curse Israel, out came a blessing. Cur- blessing. Cur- blessing. Over and over and over again. It got embarrassing. I would have stopped him three times. He blesses Israel seven times over and over and over and over again. And one of those blessings is right here. He says, There is no divination against Jacob. That's another word for Israel. No evil omens against Israel. It will now be said of Jacob and of Israel. See what God has done. Okay, so, so what is this saying here? This is a statement that speaks to God's superiority in every single category. You look at the most powerful leader, God's more powerful. God is more dangerous than our most massive weapons. God is more advanced than any technology we have even come to imagine. This is a statement saying that God is much bigger, much more advanced, much more powerful than anything we can throw at. No divination, no omen, no curse, no blessing can beat God. God wins in any category. God wins, and he is so quick, too. I mean, we think 5G is quick. God is quicker than even 5G. God, be- before you're able to say a curse, you're out saying a blessing. Before, before you pull your sword out, God is already marching in victory. Before before you say a blessing, or before you say a curse, before you pull, pull out your sword, God has already won. God is quicker than anything. God is more powerful than any omen, any technology, anything we can throw. Before, before you lay that next brick down, you're speaking Portuguese. I mean, it's crazy. God is so much more above all of that. And so this statement, what hath God wrought, is a reminder to us of the superiority of God. It is a statement of awe and wonder. When we look at these new technologies, it fills us with a sense of awe and wonder. And it says that this new technology, this new advancement, is only a reflection of the greatness of God. And that God is so much higher, so much further, so much faster than anything else that we can create or even imagine. What hath God wrought? I want you to remember that statement. What hath God wrought? I want you to remember that telegraph as if it was sent to you. What hath God wrought? It's a statement that helps me feel securely small. What hath God wrought? Pull out your technology. If it's your phone, pull out your phone. Maybe you, your watch, if you have a smart watch, and just kind of look at it. Try not to get distracted. I, I see my mom called me. Um, don't get distracted by anything. But um, and like a child, kind of look at how magical this really is, that messages are being sent to you from all over the world, that if you pull up an app, you're going to have content curated just for you, I mean, in something so small, so light. And isn't this really magical? Isn't it incredible? I remember growing up thinking about the TV, and I would spend so long just trying to think, how do images and sound come out of that box? I don't get it. And, and I think it's the more and more people who learn this stuff, and I don't know, I could have asked like people who know coding and stuff, but, but even people who know some of these, like there's still a level of mystery behind how this really works together. And to think that this is in a world in which God created to happen. Let, let this draw you to a place of wonder and awe, and let that wonder and awe show you just how much greater God is. I invite you guys to pray with me. Pray, God. Um, Thank you so much that you are powerful and that 200 years after the telegraph, we're still sitting, we're still breathing. God, you are still God, you're still king, you're still superior. God, we worship you right now. As we think of how many advances we've made since that telegraph as we think of how many more advances and how quickly it's happening, as we imagine what our world will look like 200 years from now. God, we see all these advancements as coming from your hand, coming from a world you made. And Lord, we worship you. And we sit here in awe of how great you are. I want to invite you, as we continue to pray, I want to invite you, if you have never put your faith in Jesus, we do this every single month, I want to invite you to start this relationship with Jesus. What I mean by that is that uh, we were made for God, but our sin, the wrong we've done, has separated us from God. And so Jesus made a way by dying on a cross for us. Jesus loved us first, and he's extending out a hand, saying, will you follow me? Will you join and, and experience my love? And if if that's you, if today you see the wonder of God, if today you, you see the wonder of Jesus and you say, Yes, I think I want in on this, would you pray with me? Would you just pray, Dear God, I know that this world is changing and that there's a lot that comes and goes and there's excitement and fear, but God, I know that you are the one I can trust more than anyone else. I know that you died for my sins that you rose again, you're alive, and you're ruling over the universe right now, Jesus, with love and with power. And today I want to choose to follow you. Pray this in Jesus' name. I want to ask you, if you prayed that, if you said, today I want to follow Jesus, I want to invite you to to make that known so we can celebrate. Would you want to raise your hand right now to say, you don't have to raise a card or anything, just your hand would be fine, but if you wanted to follow Jesus, if you prayed that, go ahead and raise your hand right now, if that was you. Awesome, awesome. I see you in the back. I see you right there. Anyone else? Anyone else? Thank you, God, in Jesus' name. We all say amen. Amen.
0: Thank you for listening to Anchor Church's podcast. Every month we upload new episodes to help you grow in your faith and your relationship with God. If you'd like to get involved further or give into the mission of Anchor, please check out anchorchurchil.com. We'll see you next time.